the author of Forever Unforgivable, and he says God wants his church to have a better and unchanging definition of bad and wrote about the 15 lives of people we might consider evil. So welcome, Brent. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Brent, we're going to talk about your book. Why did you write this book? Well, we live in a culture today that is what we have nicknamed the cancel culture. Everything is about that something that you did in the past disqualifies you forever from being accepted by the people uh, or society as a whole. And so uh, when you hear about, and, and really I, I had heard even in a Christian setting, people saying, you know, this is something that someone did in the past. We can never accept them. We should have nothing to do with them forever. And, and that goes against what the Bible teaches us, and that is that God forgives people that were once wicked and not only forgives them, but accepts them. And, and then looking at, too, the, the church itself, is it, is, it not, is it just God that's going to accept them, or is it the church going to do so as well? What story in this book impacted you the most and why? Very hard to answer that one because uh, each of them was there for a different reason. But the one that probably hit me the hardest was the hardest one to write, and that was Jeffrey Dahmer. And that was a scary story. It, it is. It, it's, it's brutal in, in every way. And I think that's what got me the most because it, to some degree, some of the other people that I wrote about, you can look at what they did and say, yeah, that was pretty bad, or oh, yeah, that was horrible. But by the time you're getting into Jeffrey Dahmer's story, you're thinking, no, no, this guy was just as evil as they came. Like, I mean, it's hard to imagine being more evil. So if there's people that are listening to this, tell us a little bit about Jeffrey Dahmer. Well, Jeffrey Dahmer um, was a, a serial killer and, and a long-term serial killer over a long period. Um, he just brutally destroyed people, destroyed their lives and destroyed them. And I mean, and... Uh, would have kept doing it if he hadn't been caught. So, I mean, he, he was just set for destruction in, in everything that he did and, and, and got away with it to the point where people around him didn't even realize what he was doing. Mm. And, and, you know, it, it, there was a sexual component to the murders as well. There was just a whole lot of just things that you just go, wow. Like, I mean, this guy was really depraved. Mm -hmm. and, and yet... It's, it's realizing that we're all equally depraved. It's just if God doesn't restrain us in other ways, we could end up as bad as this guy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and he found Jesus, which was like remarkable. Like, how did that happen? Well, he ends up being caught. So he goes to prison and you think, well, that's the end of the story. And for our world today, that's what they'd hope would be the end of the story. Just lock him away, forget about him. And in prison... There, uh, there was an opportunity, particularly in the, in the trials, for some microphones to be put in front of him. And during one of those, he actually was talking about that he's just hoping now he can have some peace. And you're sitting there thinking, well, that's a weird statement to say. Mm -hmm. And yet, w when you look at the world and the wickedness of the world and our natural state and wickedness, there is no peace. Mm -hmm. and, and he knew that. He, he had no peace in everything that he did and, and, and the wickedness that he had. And somebody listening to that interview thought, I know how he could have peace. He needs to find Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so from that, they were willing to send him a Bible and to actually share 
the love of Jesus with him, that was just the beginning now, because he got that information, he started to read, to study scriptures, he started to get other Christian information that he requested and was sent to him, and he became a believer, but it went further than that. He wanted to grow, he wanted to, he wanted to be baptized, and in fact, when that came out that he was interested in being baptized, people actually feared to go and spend time with him. I mean, you know, this, this is a guy that you heard about in the news, you're thinking, nope, don't want to go ahead and have anything to do with him. And yet one pastor was willing to do so. And the more he learned from him, the more he found out that this was a guy that was changed. Not only that, one of the people that had been sending him some information, he started requesting extra information so he could share it with others that were in jail with him as well. Wow. That's great. I would be so afraid to go and talk to somebody like that. But, you know, God tells us to fear not, right? right. So he was just, that pastor was hearing God and knowing the promise of him. So what a story. He was, he was a scary guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, and yet you saw he didn't live a long life afterwards. I mean, he had an attempted murder against him um, afterwards. And then another person successfully did kill him in jail later. And yet in the time that he had as a follower of Jesus Christ, you saw God at work in his life. You saw the transformation. You could see the change. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, you have to ask the question, if for some reason he had lived if, and got to the point where he got out of jail, would the church have been welcoming to him? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you have to wonder that. You know, that there, there are so many people out there that, you know, you know, we are sinful by nature. There's so many, there's so many people that are walking in sin and don't feel like, you know, that they could be forgiven. But when a guy like this is transformed by Christ because Christ has come into his life, that goes to show you that, that God can, can, that loves everyone and that it can, your life can be changed. Exactly. Anybody can come and find forgiveness at the cross. And, and, and I think that's why Jeffrey Dahmer's story to me is just so much so that when you look at the greater the wickedness, the greater the grace. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so when you talked about the church, you know, you have to wonder too, are the church people, are they going to accept somebody that's so ridden or scary with sin that would they be open? Will they, would they open their hearts to that? That, that's a question that I'll ask you. Well, I, I would hope so. And, and you know, in, in some of the other stories I told in the book, you have cases where someone came alongside somebody, you know, John Newton, slave trader, and a, another believer comes alongside of him and continues to teach him that he still has things in his life that he hasn't given up from that old life, even after he became a believer, and that he needed to continue to become more Christ-like, to become a greater follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about your book because you're showing people in history that, you know, they committed these things, bad things, and, and yet they were transformed by Christ. Yeah. Um, so my favorite was um, Mary Magdalene in chapter six. And um, I love the details of her upbringing and how she became a proponent, you know, for Christ right? She was a very, very big figure in the Bible. And um, she followed Christ all the way to, you know, the resurrection. What, what do you want people to learn most about God through history? 
probably the biggest thing is that we have a God that throughout history has been saving people, the, even the worst, and, and transforming them and using them for his glory. And that God will be glorified in all of these things and all of these people. And so, you know, you, you look at and say, well, what about this person that is just so bad? God transformed them, used them. And, and I mean, some of the people in the book went on for years after they became saved, and God used them to show so many other people his love and his grace. Mm -hmm. Well, Brent, thank you so much for talking about your book today, Forever Unforgivable, which you can get um, you know, on uh, Amazon and uh, anywhere books are sold. So thank you, Brent. Thank you so much for having me. You can watch The Call with Nancy Sebado on YouTube, listen on podcasts through Apple, Spotify, Audible, iHeartRadio, and so many more. Be sure to join us next time, and until then, may the Lord richly bless you.